And we are back. My pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard Abear, Abear's Garden Center. Uh, Richard, good to see you again. Yeah, good morning. Beautiful day. Trish had a good New Year. We did. We did. Nice and quiet. We celebrated New Year's Australian time. So about 7 o'clock we were done. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was reading something uh, earlier that I guess it was yesterday. This guy tried to go from Guam to Hawaii so he could catch cross the international date line and catch New Year's twice. Twice. Okay, boy. I, I suggested, you know, start somewhere just east of the floor of Bama. Where That's right. East, it's only, a, you know, and you drive to the floor of Bama, you can catch New Year's twice that That's way. Important. That's That was a lot easier, a lot quicker, and a lot simpler. And you wouldn't have to worry about an airline <laughs> getting you there on time. <laughs> That's right. My goodness. But anyway, happy to have you back. Uh, had some uh, near freezing weather, but not there yet. Yeah, uh, I, I think um, yeah, certainly what we've had lately has, has been uh, really no major issue. You know, some of the more sensitive material you have to protect, crotons and peace lilies and dracaenas and, you know, ivies, things things that people are kind of used to probably, or poinsettias, you need to protect those. And uh, But other than that, you know, really I think uh, most of the things did good. I have some tomatoes that I had to cover for a few nights, but... You know, overall, it's it's uh, been very minimal issues in terms of cold weather. Now, I did see today on TV, now this is, you know, that they were saying there may be, uh, there's an Arctic front that is going to come down uh, probably about 10 or 14 days or something, or third week of January, I think, but we don't know how far it's going to go. So, it may, I mean, you know, just, you know, it's kind of like a hurricane. You just need to be prepared minimally. You just need to be prepared so that if you, you have your, pipes wrapped and you have your cloth and all that to cover plant material and as long as you're prepared uh, then we can go with the flow there you go what's on your mind today well today i want to talk a little bit about what we need to uh you know you know actually january is a great time to do you know pruning on your basic trees like your oak trees and uh, a lot of your ornamental trees you can do now crepe myrtles all that you can certainly do now it's a great time to do it even though it doesn't seem like it but it is uh, but certainly on some of the uh, fruit trees, and you know the the ma- major ones that you want to prune, prune now are going to be uh, apples, peaches, pears, plums, um, persimmons, and your grapes and your muscadines. That's that's the big ones that uh, that can be pruned now. Now, uh, you know everything is dormant. You know the uh, the sap is down, so you can really get in there. And while I'm mentioning this, crepe myrtle is another one. The reason I say that is because because it goes dormant. And so uh, uh, all of these trees, not only is it a good time to do it, but it's the easiest time to do it in terms of, uh, you know, the leaves aren't there. And so you can really get in there and do a good job. When it comes to the crepe myrtles, you're pretty much going in there and, and taking out all the spindly side shoots uh, so that it's it's uh, you, you just have your main lateral branches that are going outward. Now you can cut it back a little bit, and you know, let's say you have a 20 foot tree, you can cut it back, uh, you know, to maybe 12 feet. You don't want to nub it down, and I, and I've seen that done where you just nub it down, and, and it just have this nub. It will not. Crepe are very resilient, so it doesn't affect in terms of the survivability of the tree, but it certainly affects the aesthetic nature of the tree. And so if you can 
maintain that branching, but get all the spindly stuff out. It makes for a beautiful tree, not only in the spring when it leaves out, but also in the in the wintertime uh, as these limbs continue to develop and, and, and the wood, uh, you know, ages. It makes it look good. When it comes to things like apples and pears, uh, you know, apples and pears, and I'm going to say this, and it's hard to describe on radio, um, but, you know, you're training an apples and pears to the central, to the main trunk, the central leader, they call it. And so that main trunk, you don't, you don't want to top uh, an apple or a pear tree. You want to let them go up and you kind of prune those lateral branches as opposed to a peach tree, which you actually will top the central leader and cause it to bush out. And that's more to do with uh, 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 these things, uh, the, the trees themselves uh, being able to, to maintain the wind properly as time goes on. They just get a, a healthier, balanced, and they just a more stable tree if you prune them that way. A peace tree, if you just let the lateral branch, uh, the central leader grow, uh, it'll produce, but it won't produce nearly as much, and it won't be as resilient uh, in wintertime. Persimmons is another one that's real, real pop, becoming more and more popular as more Asians uh, you know, are mixed up into uh, our population. Uh, and, uh, you know, persimmons have become an extremely popular tree, and that one can be pruned now, too, and that one's also pruned to a central leader, meaning you let it grow as tall as it wants to grow, and you prune out that the, uh, the, uh, the, the side spindly growth, and now's the time to go and do, uh, do that. Fig trees I get a lot of questions on, and, uh, you know, if you go online, uh, they'll say that you can prune a fig tree now. I kind of disagree with that. And the reason is, is we're so far south, Jeff, that, that we can get uh, extremely cold weather. And figs are, in a sense, like citrus. I was going to say, when do they produce? They'll produce midsummer. Okay. Uh, and, and so they're like citrus in the, in the sense that they are cold-sensitive. Now, not nearly as cold-sensitive as a citrus tree, but they still are. So if you go ahead and start pruning those now, Jeff, me and you both know that in January we can have spring-like weather and everything is leafing mm-hmm. out. And then all of a sudden we get a cold blast like we did three years ago. That fig tree is much more susceptible to cold damage uh, if it was pruned in the winter. So I, what I recommend is r- really, you know, you could do it after they, after they produce, but really the best thing is early fall, October, late September, October, go ahead and prune them out. And allow them, they're going to come back by then, but they'll be hardened off much, much better than if they're pruned at this point uh, in the year. So, uh, uh, and, and when, you, when you're pruning the fig tree, you know, fig trees, the, I think the, the, the big, two, two things that people have problems with figs in terms of uh, pruning is one is the fig tree gets so wide and so big, it's hard to get underneath the tree. Uh, you know, generally, once a fig gets big, you're not you're not cutting too much on lawn mowing because because it kills all the grass. <laughs> but bottom line is, sometimes it's hard to get around them. So if that's an issue at a young age, you want to prune them up. You can prune them up basically as a standard tree. You can make a fig, you know, one uh, one main stem and then branch out. And and at that point, during the early four or five years, is when you're pruning them so that they're up and off the ground. Um, or some people like them like a bush, but the problem with the bush is that in time, 
these figs will get 12 feet tall, and it's very, very difficult to harvest the figs up high. And so people will actually top them and keep them shorter and just bushier. So it's really not any major pruning. It's early pruning that you're going to do, depending on what you want to do. And then it's going to be kind of maintenance pruning thereafter. So uh, so you want to kind of do that late fall and, and then depending on how you want to do it. So nothing major, especially once you get them, uh, get them where you want them. When it comes to uh, blackberries, blackberries down here, Jeff, it's very common. We used to have blackberries growing wild in the woods, and they would uh, grow, and no one ever pruned those things. So there's, there's, there's the, 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 the way to prune blackberries for best production is after they produce in the summertime, they'll produce in June-ish, uh, you cut them all down to about a foot off the ground, and then you eliminate any any uh, damage, disease, disease canes. You want to take all that out of there. And then you fertilize the heck out of them and water the heck out of them and let them flush back out. And you're going to maintain a nice, healthy plant. They're going to have all, uh, all summer to grow and flush back out. So they'll get tall really, really fast. Uh, the biggest issue with that, Jeff, as the, after coming off a severe uh, uh, dry season that we came off last year, is that um, you – if you're going to do that, you're going to have to really mulch them very, very well and, uh, and uh, water them extremely well. You can't just forget about them after you've cut them back and fertilized them. But you really want to do that for a maximum production, and they'll do, do real well. Another one that's become real popular uh, is blueberries. Blueberries, I think it's more of a health thing that people see and, 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 and they want to try. Blueberries do fantastic uh, in the ground, minimal pruning there too. So you're pretty much doing it kind of like a fig tree. You're going to have to keep it as a bush though, but you're going to go in there and maybe after they fruit, you'll slightly prune any uh, dead disease uh, limbs. If you wanted to prune them now, you could, but it, it also goes back now as I've seen blueberries in full bloom into January. And so it's, it's, it really depends on the weather, but really kind of after they fruit, you want to go in there and selectively prune and they'll do fine. It's a pretty short, um, What's the term I'm looking for? A uh, fruiting season. I mean, it. it um, all at once. They're there all at once and not for a long time. And not for a long time. It's kind of like a fig in terms of, you know, the, the old traditional figs would produce in July for, you know, a couple of weeks. And it's kind of blueberries, the same thing, but earlier. Uh, um, but they do very well. And, uh, and, and they actually can be very ornamental looking. The leaves kind of have a reddish tint to them. And so they can be... They can actually be planted in a landscape bed, but they do lose their leaves in the winter, so they will be stark. Um, do love me some blueberries. Though. Yep, yep. Uh, grapes and muscadines, uh, not as quite as popular as the rest, because they do require a little bit more work. Ideally, you'd want to trellis them, and uh, well, not necessarily trellis them, but uh, kind of make a, a wire frame that you can prune them up. Those are going to basically, after you get them up to about four, four and a half feet tall, is when you top them and allow these canes to start to lateral out on these wires and it's kind of like you see you see in the wine country when they when they go and they show it to you it's kind of that um um so it's a little bit more pruning involved and now's the time you want to do all that again they're going to be dormant and you want to uh, get that done okay the other big one is going to be citrus dress and citrus um, um, you don't want to prune now and it gets back to like what i talked about the fig but m- much uh uh the bigger reason is that you can get cold weather and they're much more susceptible to the cold. So if you prune a uh, citrus now, 
which you really shouldn't be pruning a lot of, but there's sometimes the sports you want to clean out. Uh, you you want to wait till middle of February to make a decision on, on pruning. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, but a lot of times I'm out of flower in the middle of February. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter because even though you're going to, whether you prune them now or the middle of February, the flowers are going to be gone either way. If you prune it now, the, there would be flowers on that branch. So, but the, re- the same reason is that if you do it uh, now and we get a hard cold, that tree is, is, is thinner. And if it's warm, that new growth will come and you're going to be much more vulnerable. So I tell people, wait till the middle of February and look what the two-week forecast is. If the two-week forecast is normal, eh, we're going to get 32, maybe 28 for an hour or two, no problem. They can handle that. If it says we got a potential Arctic blast coming, just hold on and let it, let it go through. So that's kind, of, that's kind of the long and short of pruning. But bottom line is now's a great time to do a lot of different pruning not only on on on, uh, fruit trees but a lot of different uh ornamentals when it comes to fertilizer someone came Uh, in before you move on since we're talking about pruning saw something on facebook uh somebody asking about advice on azalea trees okay that's a good question uh the azaleas you don't want to shear now uh because if you if you prune them now remember uh the azaleas bloom off of old wood and so they're going to bloom off of buds that will develop in late summer and fall. So they're fixing to bloom in another three months, okay? So if you prune them now, all those buds are gone. And someone said February, and I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, that's not right either. So what you want to do is the good rule of thumb when it comes to, in general, Jeff, in general when it comes to ornamental, this is a general statement because it doesn't hold true for everything. But if you, if you can't figure it out and you don't have time, if you know that tree is going to bloom in the spring, that bush is going to bloom in the spring, don't prune it in the winter, especially if it's an evergreen, if it's an evergreen. Because, you know, uh, uh, I'm sure some of these actually, yeah, the peaches and, the, and all that bloom in the spring. So if it's an evergreen, do not prune it uh, because you – Odds are, odds are that you are taking the flower buds off, and that is very true with azaleas. Azaleas will uh, will bloom generally March or April, and so if you cut it back now, it will not bloom this spring. Now they'll come back with no problem, but you're going to lose the bloom. Now to make it a little bit more complicated, Jeff, is that over the past I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five years, they've come out with varieties that bloom twice a year, so they'll bloom in the spring and they will bloom in the fall. So you say, well, man, how, how am I going to shear? What you want to do there is you want to, after they bloom in the spring, you want to shear them how you want. And if you do it then, you're not going to affect that fall bloom because the fall bloom is set uh, in early summer. So you certainly, you know, I, the, the rule of thumb used to be for an azalea is that you really don't want to go uh, till after June to prune it. When it comes to these double bloomers, you really want to do it right after they bloom in the spring. So if you get a, uh, you know, an encore azalea that blooms twice a year and you shear it, it blooms heavy uh, in April, as soon as it finishes blooming, go in there and cut it back like you want and then let it, uh, let it grow and don't do any more cutting back and you'll get a nice flower uh, session in the fall. Right now we've got some beautiful azaleas in bloom right now, Jeff, uh, and that's a lot of the repeat bloomers, a lot of the encore varieties that bloom twice. I've seen some red ones. I've seen some orange ones and some white ones that are really blooming well. Uh, so, and that's, and that's important. You can't shear those hard uh, after they bloom in the wintertime because you will affect your spring flowers. 
keep in mind, Jeff, when I'm talking about pruning, <clears throat> I'm not talking about, and I call them sports, and it's not always the case, but you know how sometimes you'll get some shoots in a bush, just one shoot shooting up? That's not a problem to take that out. Remember, you're only going to lose the blooms on what you're, what you're cutting off. Right. So it's not a fact that, oh, I pruned it so the whole tree's not going to bloom. So any sport or any, any, any branch that maybe just doesn't, that's allowing this uh, bush to lose its shape, go ahead and clip that off and to keep that shape uniform, not a problem. When it comes to fertilizing, uh, uh, you, you want to be careful with that. Uh, you know, pretty much everything right now is dormant. Fertilizing is either going to cause problems right now or, or be wasted. If you're fertilizing a pear or, or, a, you know, or a peach or a plum right now, you really, it's really not going to be able to pick up hardly any of it because, remember, they're dormant and they're not picking it up. A citrus will pick it up right now. And the problem with that is that, that, that uh, you're going to force a lot of tender growth, again, much more susceptible to uh, cold. So you really want to wait till middle of February and do that, what I just talked about. So not, not really a lot of fertilization. You know, you don't want to – grass is not fertilized now. There's really uh, nothing that you really want to push. I mean, obviously, interior plants, things like that you can do. Other than that, really not a lot of fertilization. The main thing when it comes to fruit trees and fertilization is that uh, you want to fertilize in the spring. That's generally middle of February to March, all right? But you can also continue fertilizing as the season goes on. So you just want to be sure that if you're going to fertilize as the season goes on, and we have a season like last season when it gets really, really dry, you want to cut back on the amount of time that you're fertilizing, and you want to make sure you keep that plant extremely wet for the two or three weeks after you fertilize. So, but it is important in terms of production that, uh, that you do fertilize. It helps a lot. And, and, uh, and so you want to be, you know, make sure that you do it, but you also want to be careful on the same. If, if you go, if you can't water and you're going to fertilize in the summertime, I say it's better not to do it. We'll get to a caller in just a moment, but speaking about those, Non-citrus fruit trees, uh, good chilling hours, uh, I would imagine, for them. They're eating this up? Uh, that's true. When it comes to chilling hours, which is n- the number of hours in the winter that temperatures are below 45 degrees, or well, number of hours anytime that the temperatures are below 45 degrees. So some, some trees, such as pears, peaches, plums, need a certain amount of chilling hours in order for them to produce. So if they don't get that, then they won't produce. They won't even flower. And, and I was going to talk about that a little bit later, you know, why plants don't flower. That's one reason is that they won't flower because they didn't get the number of required chilling hours. So as the temperature starts to change, we have kind of shifted uh, what we our, our variety selection to plants or fruit trees that require less chilling hours. That is not an issue when it comes to figs, and it's not an issue when it comes to citrus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we have a caller on the line. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're in the air with Richard Abair. Hi, this is Chris Davi. Richard, how are you doing? Hey, Chris. All right. Uh, enjoying the show. Thank Richard, you. I can uh, very much relate to the pruning of the fruit trees. Uh, I have apple, plum, uh, peach, and pear, uh, and only, and set uh, at, and of course, the citrus. But um, I th- kind of think of you like uh, John the Baptist. You're, uh, you're preceding so much information. Uh, in the pruning where you say it's hard to describe. So John the Baptist said, look, I'm not going to tell you everything you need to know, but I'm going to tell you that there's a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
over the years, uh, what's been very helpful is a lot of the YouTube uh, mm-hmm. channels uh, put out by the universities, particularly, but a lot of individuals, because pruning is kind of like uh, asking you or me to go do a, a, a tracheotomy on somebody that can't breathe. It's, uh, it's a tough decision uh, on exactly. what to cut exactly. and where to cut. And uh, it's taken me some years to, as a matter of fact, my son was out here, and this is the second point that I want to make, that if someone has a lot of fruit trees that they need to prune, there are some electric or battery-operated pruners. you got to watch it. It looks like something that the mafia might use to uh, cut your fingers off with. <laughs> but uh, my son came by uh, the other day, and in about 15 minutes we pruned one of the apple trees uh, what would have taken me easily an hour, uh, wow. if not more, wow. and a lot more effort. But have you seen electric pruners? No, I have not, Chris. Uh, I, I, maybe, we had them uh, growing up uh, for hedges. Yeah, I see. Okay. That's mainly what he's using it for, oh. but this is a very small. It, it, uh, it, uh, the uh, cutting blade is very much like a hand pruner. Uh, but it's very quick, and mm. you press it, and it jump, and it'll it was cut cutting some one inch uh, branches, uh, but easily wow. the uh, yeah. the half inch would just snap off like nothing, and clean clean cuts. So uh, if someone has a lot of pruning to do, and if they're getting older like like I am, not y'all, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> uh, this could be a a really great tool to have. I think it's about $130 for the one he got, but it is it is great. Wow, that's good information, but, uh, Chris. But uh, that trying to describe the uh, central leader and the opening up of the peach trees compared to the, uh, to the apples and the pears and that kind of stuff is very difficult to visualize. Right. I know what you're saying and those people that know about it, but uh, you're absolutely correct. It is hard to describe. So I admire you for even reaching out to <laughs> to try to explain it. That's a tough, tough go. But uh, thanks for all the information. I uh, hope you all both have a, a great new year over there, Jeff. Thank, and, thank and, you, Chris. And your, family, and your family, too. Appreciate the call. Okay. Hope I didn't talk too long. No, you're all good always. Uh, appreciate it. 367-1240 if anybody else has a question. Or so, comment. you know, Chris is right, and he brought out a good point. A lot of the websites you can go to and go to uh, a university uh, YouTube where they actually show, you know, I'm a very visual person. So boy, seeing it, boy, speaks a lot better to me than hearing it. And, uh, just want to make sure you get the right information and you make sure the information is for this area, you know, it kind of changes exactly. when, when you prune, but in terms of actually and keeping that in mind, when you go to a university, that's right. You know, one in the region, probably a better we, idea. We better. However, usually when it comes to the, actually the shaping and the cutting, some, most of what I'm talking about is maybe timing of the pruning. Mm. But but for a lot of things, it's all the same. But uh, Chris is right. You go to YouTube and uh, and get good, correct information. It could help you uh, dramatically. But getting back to uh, why some of those fruit trees fail, uh, again, we talked about chilling hours. Sometimes the the, uh, the fruit tree is too young, you know, like a pecan tree will take, you know, anywhere from five to seven years before it starts to starts to produce. And many times, you know, I tell my customers, I say, look, you really like that first season. You don't want to allow the uh, fruit tree to produce, especially when it comes to the citrus. Just break those flowers off and allow that tree to get to grow and be healthy. Um, sometimes you get zapped by cold temperatures. You know, how many times, you know, the uh, the uh, the citrus, we have a warm, uh, warm uh, winter. 
And by the end of February, early March, they're in full bloom. And then, boom, we get just one one freeze for maybe two or three hours. Uh, at the, uh, it could be shorter than that and knocks all those flowers off. So you lose that whole season. So that could be, uh, you know, a reason. Pollination. Remember, when it comes to certain fruit trees, uh, they need uh, uh, maybe two different varieties to cross-pollinate. A lot of times, pears, you need two different varieties uh, in order to pollinate. And, you know, it just helps when you have more varieties to pollinate. Sometimes it's an insect issue. You get you see that a lot that with in uh, 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 peaches and pears. Uh, Over fertilization. Uh, a lot of times, if you fertilize too much nitrogen and you fertilize heavy and you keep doing it too much, that that tree will grow and be beautiful, but is more focused on making leaves than on making flowers. Or you over fertilize and it actually burns the tree itself and all the flowers fall off. So you got to be careful when it comes to. Uh, and I see this a lot. Uh, with with citrus where we'll have a beautiful spring they'll fertilize in the spring and they set and then come may may traditionally can be a very dry month you got to kind of watch it so you you want to be careful when you fertilize and i've seen where people say look i had i had a hundred lemons on my lemon tree i fertilize it and a week later uh all my my uh, fruit dropped, and and that's where you got to be careful. If it's a dry dry time of year, and uh, and you, you're going to fertilize, you're going to have to water the heck out of it. But if you're in a drought, traditionally, I say, do not fertilize. It's not worth the uh, it's not worth the risk. And then and the final one that would cause uh, you know fruit uh, a tree not to produce would be uh, water, either either too much or not enough. And you know. Just remember this: when it comes to uh, watering uh, a fruit tree, you got it has to main. You have to do it early on. You can't just say a week before they harvest, uh, I'm going to start watering. That helps. And don't do it. But you really want to water it when it's needed throughout the process, and that will help that tree to be able to maintain the numbers it has. I see many times in May where a, a, a citrus will have. A uh, hundred citrus trees, uh, fruit on there, and then all of a sudden they lose twenty five percent. You know that's that's a little much, but many times they'll drop no matter what. However, if you can maintain that moisture, the drop will be minimum because it had the moisture to maintain them all. But if you don't, potentially you could lose them all if it's if it's a severe drought, or at minimum you'll lose a higher percentage if you don't maintain that water. Just gotta watch it. Gotcha. You know, you, you mentioned flowers and pollinization or, or whatever pollinization. I saw a story in the New York Times this morning and only saw the headline, hadn't got into it, but flowers evolving to have less sex or pollinization. Apparently, number of bees, other pollinators falling. Field pansies, according to one study, fertilizing their own seeds. Uh, you mean the... I'm not sure what, what that said. Just uh, the idea that uh, since maybe there are less bees around and uh, less other pollinating uh, factors, uh, apparently a new study suggesting that humans are quickly altering annual rite of spring as toxic pesticides and vanishing habitats have driven down the population of bees and other pollinators. Some flowers have evolved to fertilize their own seeds more often rather than those of other plants. Mm-hmm. So the flower will fertilize itself? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, certain, certain flowers are, you know, have all the male and female uh, parts to be able to fertilize themselves. Not quite sure where they're going with that, other than the fact they're saying they're going to need less bees to be able to pollinate those flowers, right? 
Kind of. Yeah. So they're, they're evolving. Hey, gen, gen, oh, they're involved. Oh, we're we're they are ev- the plant. Oh, the plant. <laughs> Maybe so. I hope we have enough time. But it wouldn't surprise me if we're evolving the plants really quick. I'll send genetically. you a link to that. Yeah, uh, genetically. So uh, that's 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 certainly you know that's where research is being done in many many factors and causing things to be more tolerant of the conditions that we are having now and maybe we'll have in the future. And that's always been a, you know, a, a go-to point in terms of, of how we're able to feed the population we have now. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all due to research and, and uh, many, many years, decades of, of, of making things produce much better than they would already produce years ago. And sugarcane yeah. industry is a prime example of oh, that. Yeah. Um, their, their production is so much higher today because of that research. And again, regional. You know, what works best for here? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why you have those regional research stations. And then the last thing I want to just mention is when it comes to, uh, you know, planting, now's the time to plant. Uh, uh, pretty much everything we talked about here today. Uh, but you, you also want a little preparation. You, know, you want to make sure your site selection is correct, correct your spacing is correct. Uh, you, you got to look for all that. You want to, if you're going to plant a fruit tree, it has to be in an area that's going to be uh, have a lot of good sun. For example, you wouldn't want to plant a fig tree that it's not necessarily floods, but just the ground stays wet in that area. It's a, uh, it's a, it would be an issue. And then you want to look for, you know, uh, you know, again, like Chris said, you can go to uh, online and, and kind of get a good plat on spacing of different trees. You know, a, a citrus require less spacing than a than a pear. Uh, and, and then also which way the sun goes. So planting is, is much more important uh, th- than than the purchase, you know, of the plant. You got to plan so that when you do purchase it, uh, you know where it's going. And in ten years, you don't regret the fact that you planted this thing in that spot. Uh, and and we see that uh, a lot. Gotcha. Anything else today? I, I think that's it, Jeff. Always a pleasure, Richard. Um, look forward to the next time. In the meantime. Hours we're, six, we're six days a week now, so we're back from all our inventory and, and the holidays, and so we're we're going to be start preparing for spring, which won't be long, believe it or not, but uh, basically we're uh, six days a week. Very good. Richard, thanks for joining us as always. Thank you, Jeff.